Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Nine Decide podcast, where we chat with super amazing and inspirational people who pounded the pavement before and after their nine to fives to get their side hustles off the ground. After listening to the interviews with these amazing guests, you'll walk away with a refreshed pep in your step and a newfound motivation to make your side hustle a reality. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Season 1, Episode 19, second to last episode of the season. Crazy, crazy. And it's summer. It's going to be summer soon. And I don't know about any of you guys out there. I apologize for the people that I'm speaking to who don't have kids. But for those of you that have kids, I feel like I'm sure you can relate. There's a time in your life where you look at your credit card statement and a good majority of it is kids' sports, kids-related extracurricular activities, and so forth. And it's just kind of annoying sometimes (laughs) because maybe you want to do something for yourself. But I think back to my childhood and I think how fortunate I was to have been able to play a whole variety of different sports and be part of sports teams, which I think is such an amazing experience in your youth because there's no other time like when you're young that you get to be a part of a team like that. And like they said, you know, youth is wasted on the young. And it's so true because you know, looking back, unless you're lucky enough to play on a collegiate team or, you know, I don't know, when you get a little older, you may play on like a uh, a competitive adult team. But your youth is really just a, a short window of time when you really get to be in your prime and play competitive sports on a team. And there is, it's so, so special. Uh, like some of my f- most favorite memories are being part of a team, like a sports team. And I think as an adult, when you come back, there are a lot of people that really try to find ways to reconnect with that, you know, youth sports team atmosphere, be it, you know, an adult league or through their kids by coaching. And I think that's really important. I miss it so much, but it's hard. I mean, people have nine to five jobs and it's incredibly difficult to foster that when you're, you know, sitting at a desk all day or doing that and you have a family and then you want to go out and play sports. So I do look back and of course, when you're young, I look at my kids and I want to be like, you know, savor this time. It's so great. You just have to go to school, which I know seems so annoying and daunting, but it's not (laughs) when you look at the nine to five and then you get to play sports like after school. It's just such a great, great, wonderful time in their lives. So my next guest is such a cool guy to talk to. I think he is such an incredible self brander. Like I just think he is really smart about the way he brands himself and kind of cross promotes both his full-time job and his side hustle. So his side hustle is teaching lacrosse. He grew up playing lacrosse in the area that he actually lives in now. And he came back there and he started doing it kind of as a side hobby. He loved it. He'll talk about his story, but it's grown into more of this kind of like formalized true side hustle business that has a lot of revenue that he's generating, which is incredibly cool. And he's a real estate agent by day. And listening to him talk about how he kind of leverages his relationships on the real estate side to connect with opportunities on his side hustle lacrosse coaching side, I think offers 
a lot of insight and very valuable tips for people who are listening who might want to do something similar. Because I think that, you know, it's very natural for a lot of people who were involved in sports growing up, who are athletes who want to get back into that, who are working nine to five jobs, who might want to coach, to listen to my next guest, whose name is Mike Periandry, who coaches lacrosse, talk about how he took this like love of coaching lacrosse and really very smartly has grown it to be a very profitable side hustle for himself. And so I think there's a lot to be learned from listening to him. And I think he's, he's incredible. He's super ambitious. And like I said, very smart about how he leverages relationships on, you know, both his side hustle side to help his nine to five and vice versa, his nine to five relationships to help grow his side hustle. And there are other people who can replicate this out there and take kind of the model that he's using. And I think learn a lot from him. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my interview with Mike Periandry. Welcome, Mike Periandry. Thanks so much for being here. So before we get into a little background about you, where you're from, what your day job is, that kind of thing, tell us like an elevator pitch of what you'd consider, what is your side hustle really? So my side hustle is coaching lacrosse. It's it's more involved than it sounds by just saying I coach lacrosse. Um, It's something that's developed in the last three and a half, four years now from going to, again, really a side hustle of just wanting to do something extra. I grew up playing lacrosse, played lacrosse in college. It's it's a sport that's really close to my heart Um, and just kind of started with wanting to give back to the community and everything like that and get into coaching a little bit. And it's just develop coaching for all sorts of different programs now, private lessons. I'm helping with high school teams. It's, it's really like a three to five day a week activity for me now. So it's taken off and it's been a good journey and one that I'm kind of hoping keeps going that way. So. Wow. Awesome. So do you have your own, like under your brand, your name, is it, is a side hustle of lacrosse coaching that you kind of do, or are you just working for other organizations? Yeah. It's not really, you know, like anything. I mean, I am an individual coach, right? Do I own my own lacrosse club, for example, or am I the head coach of a high school team or anything like that? No. So I don't have my own lacrosse business per se. I'm not an LLC or anything like that. So I, I am coaching for different organizations. My coach for Ridgefield Youth Lacrosse is, is my main one that I got started in. There's a club lacrosse team. So think of that as like a select team with kids from all different towns in Fairfield County, Connecticut playing on it. That's called Calvary Lacrosse Club. They'll probably kill me because I can't pronounce that word. Um, <laughs> Calvary. There we go. I am coaching. I do private lessons for mainly I play defense lacrosse defense is a little bit of a specialty there's a different stick than the rest of the team uses so oh. some things like that so uh specialized in defensive training going to fairfield tomorrow to do private lessons with kids i'm helping coach fairfield prep in their off season their arrival to my high school team ridgefield high school so i'm hoping to get get in touch with you know starting not only ridgefield youth but helping their high school so i coached for another club team last year called wolves lacrosse club that's another connecticut based team so Again, it's all these different organizations, different co- groups of coaching, different towns, different kids all the way from age. Uh, I do fourth and fifth graders all the way up to, again, high school kids. So kind of run right. the gamut in that sense, too. Yeah. Cool. 
All right. So now before we kind of get into more about your coaching and that kind of thing, take Mm -hmm. us back, tell us a little bit about where you're from, who you are, and what you do as a full-time job, your nine to five grind. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of nine to five, I'll get into that. So I'm Mike Perry Andre, born and raised in Ridgefield, Connecticut, grew up playing lacrosse, football, a lot of sports, love where I'm from. Went to college in Maryland at a small liberal arts division three college called Washington College. Played lacrosse there for four years. Met my lovely wife, Gabby, there. We actually lived in Northern Virginia for like four or five years after college. And then in like summer of 2016, I decided I missed Ridgefield too much. So I dragged her up, up here. She's from Baltimore. Nothing against Baltimore, but she was more than happy to come. She's got siblings all over, kind of all over the East Coast. So moved up here have a eight-month-old Charlie, who I love dearly. Uh, She's awesome. For my job, I am a real estate agent. So kind of nine to five. Been doing real estate since I graduated college in Virginia. I did real estate for a while, different style for like a home builder down there. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done commercial real estate for three years when I moved back to Connecticut. And now I've been realtor with Keller Williams Realty here in Ridgefield for almost three and a half, four years now. Love that ties in really well, again, with the side hustle of coaching, because it really allows me to have flexible hours. And there's definitely parallels between clientele for each and all that. So there you go. Cool. So obviously being a realtor is your main job. But when you came back to Ridgefield, was that when you started to get into coaching? Yeah. Again, when I was in college and stuff, I would help out with like clinics and some stuff just through my team. When I lived in Virginia, I had a nine to five working for a home builder, I actually worked on weekends, nine to five. So I didn't have a lot of extra time. It was much more set hours. When I moved back here, first, it kind of started with, again, loving the sport, not being able to really play anymore. Obviously, you know, you know there's men's leagues and stuff like that, but um, grew up in Ridgefield Youth Lacrosse and kind of just wanted to get back involved and give back. So I started again with Ridgefield a year, I think, after I moved up here and it's just kind of evolved since then. Yeah. Is it something that you feel like you were not fulfilled in your nine to five? Were you looking for something different, additional money? Or were you just like, I really miss the sport. I want to get back into it. What was the thing that kind of prompted you to start looking at coaching? So, you know, I think that's evolved. I think originally it was kind of a combination of wanting to get back involved, doing the real estate thing, getting back into town. There was a little bit of, hey, this is also a good way to kind of get involved in the community start getting my name back out there and then meeting people and stuff like that. Extra money is always nice, obviously. When I first got into it, I didn't realize that the money part, again, was uh, not really at the top of my head, but I didn't realize when I started that it's, it can be pretty lucrative if, if you stick with it, again, and getting involved in all these different organizations. So it's kind of shift. You know, I don't want to say it's shifted to, to a money thing. I, I love it for all the other reasons that we mentioned. It is a big joy for me. Um, I do love getting out. And, and again, I'm, I'm an active guy. I love being out with the little kids and all that kind of stuff. Beats the stress of, of the nine to five job per se. I keep track of the money I'm making doing it every year. And I'm, I'm kind of seeing that go like this. And I'm like, hey, that's, that's definitely a reason to, to keep doing it. So do you feel like it was it's something that you are now that you've gotten into it, that you would be interested in having it become a full-time career over your you know, real estate yeah, job? You know, I kind of see both of them if this makes sense, almost complementing each other to a standpoint where you're marketing yourself as like an individual, right? And I see kind of lacrosse coach, real estate agent, kind of like community member, all kind of can start blending in together. Don't get me wrong. I do think about it. And if the trajectory keeps going upward and the opportunities open up, 
definitely, I'm not going to say I'm not interested in looking at some higher end coaching jobs per se. Um, I don't know that I've given it a thought to say, like, I want this to be my full-time thing. You know, again, three years, it's totally morphed already. So we'll see what happens. Never say never. So let's talk about kind of the journey into coaching and what it looked like, like the first step that you took and how did you kind of move back here and reach out to What'd you do? Talk about like the first. Yeah. So first it time. actually started. Yeah. When I, when I moved back, the high school lacrosse coach in Ridgefield, Roy Colsey, he was my coach my senior year. So I graduated in 2009. So he's been at Ridgefield for quite a while now. And when I moved back, I actually bumped into him somewhere and reached out to him. He said, shoot me an email if you're interested in coaching. I didn't take me that long to say, yeah, that, that'd be something I would want to do. I reached out to him and he got me in touch with the youth program started there. They had openings. They actually asked me if I wanted to coach the eighth grade team in Ridgefield right off the bat, which sounded awesome to me. So I did that. And it's kind of like a lot of these things. It just so happened that there was other guys on the board, some that I already knew, just people that were from town that you know I kind of reacquainted myself with. Um, and some other guys that were new to town that just had these, like a lot of these sports and a lot of these different professions, when you're in that world, like when you're in the lacrosse world, the connections can range pretty quickly, you know, Mm -hmm. met some people that just had a lot of connections in the lacrosse world and uh, people that I guess liked me enough in my style of coaching to say, Hey, I got this opportunity here. Would you be interested in coaching this and that and this and that? And it's just kind of, again, kind of snowballed in that sense. A question about that. I mean, in terms of becoming a coach, because I'm not familiar with this area, like, do you have to you played lacrosse, but yep, that doesn't yep. mean you had obviously experience in coaching a team. Do you, if someone were to come in and be like, okay, I'm, I'm interested in pursuing a side hustle similar mm-hmm. to yours. I'd love to yep. coach on the side and earn some money. Do you have to try out? Do you have to show them your coaching style? What goes into, or is it really all about connections? So yeah. So two-part answer, I would say. So lacrosse is still on the grand scheme of things is again, not a major sport by any means. It's not football and it's not basketball. It takes a little bit of time to understand the game. I will tell you that even in an area like Fairfield County, Connecticut, where lacrosse is a very big time sport, you know, a lot of a lot of talent comes out of this area. There's not a huge pool of coaches that know the game well. So you do get, again, nothing against any of this. And a lot of these town programs and stuff why like that. Why is that though? Sorry to interrupt. Why why nah. is that that you said there's not a lot of coaches that know the game well? Again, I think it's just an exposure thing more than anything. I think it's an exposure thing. So, you know, I think what you get in lacrosse, not to say that any other sports are easier or anything like that, but a majority of people probably growing up, or if you put a basketball game on TV or a football game on TV, even if they never played the sport in their life, they could follow it enough to kind of get it right. Kind of understand what's going on. Lacrosse has some nuances and stuff that it has a lot of similarities to other sports, but it's also very different. I think what you get is a lot of times when there's not a huge exposure and not a huge pool of coaches, you get a lot of guys that coach that coach other sports or just have kids in the program that coached before, but might not be a lacrosse coach. Got it. Now, the interesting thing is when you were asking before, I see coaching in two parts. There is the lacrosse knowledge part of it, but there also is definitely coaching part of it, the teaching, the leading part of it. And I think that's another thing I think when I first got into coaching. I think the teaching coaching part, the mentality part came naturally to me. Mm-hmm. I think even for someone that grew up playing lacrosse and everything like that, again, when I started hanging out and coaching with a lot of these other guys that were, again, guys that had gone through the system, coached college level lacrosse, all this stuff, I realized just how much I was learning still about the game and coaching the actual specifics of the sport 
So kind of these two worlds kind of collided and, and I love both parts of them. I always wonder like how, I know it depends on the level that you're coaching, yep. but it, like if you're coming in and you don't have experience, like, I don't know, teaching certain age levels also, yeah. because it's a different ball game if you're teaching high school lacrosse it, it versus, is. Yeah. I don't know, five-year-olds it, that are learning to pick up a stick for the first time. So have you taken any coaching training courses? Do they offer anything like that? Or are you just kind of naturally sort of fitting in and figuring it out? So again, I haven't taken like a lot of intense coaching courses. We do get some certifications, uh, the U.S. lacrosse, which is kind of like the, the overarching United States lacrosse membership club thing that you know all these towns are involved in. They do have some stuff that you have to take, rule classes and stuff, just so you know enough about the game. I haven't taken a lot of, again, you know, I know, I know some sports, I know soccer, there's like very vigorous, like coaching training you can go through. And, and it's funny because you mentioned a lot of it, I think has been learning on the fly and I jump back and forth. So I'll coach a fifth grade team on a Thursday. Right. And then the next day coaching sophomores in high school. And it did take me a while to kind of realize that there's a different presence. There's a different way that you need to speak to fifth graders. There's different slowing things down, using different terminology than you would a sophomore in high school. We don't have all day, but I could even get into, it's even more finite than that. I mean, every kid's different too. And that's something that I think through sales and through interactions with people and just through relationships, I think that I'm pretty good not to toot my own horn, but kind of picking up on different people's styles and and what works for them and doesn't work for them and what makes them comfortable and uncomfortable and all that. I think a lot of it's that and just yeah. kind of having a natural tendency to figure that out. Well, you are in a field that requires incredibly good people skills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, obviously mm-hmm. you're in sales, you're in real estate, you're dealing, you know, intimately yep. with people yep. who are making big life purchases. So you have to be able to read people and that translates over kind of like a side note, but I would imagine that being a real estate agent in this kind of same county while you're teaching the cross, there's a lot of cross benefits to yes, <laughs> doing your business. <laughs> so let's yeah, yeah. quickly touch on that because I feel like a lot of it probably has to do with connection. Does a lot yeah, of definitely. it like the gigs that you get for your side hustle in terms yep. of moving up in coaching and different opportunities then kind of yeah, kick back definitely. to real estate. So they definitely intertwine and tangle and it goes both ways. Sometimes it's uh real estate benefiting coaching. Sometimes it's coaching benefiting my real estate career. Again, putting my real estate hat on for a second, you know, we, we talk about a lot in, in my office about how real estate's a, it's a contact sport, right? It's a relationship driven. It's a contact sport. You can't sit in your room and not pick up a phone or be afraid to go and talk to someone or, or anything like that. So I think that the way they intertwine is coaching is kind of the same way, right? And there's some of the things that may be more obvious when you're coaching, especially a lot of these kids I've been coaching for four years now, right? And then you coach these kids for four years. And next thing you know, you know, their parents, well, they're, they're picking them up from practice. You're talking to their parents and building relationships with them. And then they're bringing their friends to play and you're meeting their parents. And, you know, so definitely spiders. Also, a lot of the people that coach around here have similar profession. A lot of them have similar professions to me or own businesses and stuff like that. So next thing you know, maybe it's not a client relationship that I'm building, but maybe it's like a preferred vendor or like a, an allied resource that you're building, right? Oh, hey, so-and-so's dad owns the, a landscaping business. You know, well, how can I use that in my real estate career? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, there's always intertwined. And the same going the other way. I mean, I, I state clients that know nothing about lacrosse that all of a sudden they're next thing you know, their kids are interested in lacrosse or real estate clients that um, do know a lot about, you know, I, I've run into people all the time and 
you start making connections. Oh, I went to this high school and I know this person. Oh, I played with that person at college or whatever it was. So it's this big web. They're both very relationship driven, right? And, And again, as I mentioned before, probably something that I try very hard to pride myself and carry myself with is just being someone that's good at being a good partner in whatever relationship that is, you know? Well, I think that's great. I mean, obviously you've got all these different relationships and those then I mean, networking is key to, mm-hmm. to really yep. anything yep. and growing your career. And I mean, you've kind of spanned the community and then, yeah. um, which yeah. is yeah, exactly. I guess my question about the, the side hustle moving back to that is how come you haven't do all this coaching? You've got your real yep. estate. Is there a thought about kind of branding, like creating a brand for yourself in terms of like your yeah. offerings yeah. and your website and making it more like It's funny, again, you know, and I've been thinking about that recently. I think that's, again, something that's been shifting and and changing. And I think a lot of it also is shifting and changing as I just get older and more experienced too. Again, when I first started coaching, there wasn't even really much of a thought to branding myself or the monetary side of it and stuff like that. And as you get older and, and you start being well, way more aware of finances, and like all that, yeah, all that stuff, you know, that I didn't think about a lot when I was younger, start to take shape. And again, when you're around the, a lot of these guys that are bedded in the lacrosse community that do own these clubs and summer camps. I'm sure you have kids that go to summer, you know, how expensive summer camps are and yeah, stuff. And yeah, and parents are willing to pay for them. So so, the, so the, to answer your question, kind of a long-winded answer. Yeah. I think that eventually, I, I don't know that I have a time frame on it as I get older and as I see this lacrosse thing continuing to expand and kind of tracking it the way I'm tracking it, it almost seems like that's the way it's just naturally leading and which is exciting, right? So I think there is a thought, whether it's me personally or teaming up with some other guys I coach with and saying, hey, let's do our thing here. It's weird for people that might not know the sport, but I'm sure it's like it with every other sport. I mean, there's just, it's not just, oh, kids showing up and playing lacrosse. Again, there's all these you can run positional specific things. You can run private lesson things. You can run abbreviated, oh, let's do seven on seven or four on four or whatever. So there's all these different avenues to go down, which is really interesting too. Well, I wanted to ask that because you work, it's not like you're just coaching like, I don't know, a kid's junior team or something. You work yeah. for like a lacrosse club and different yep. youth lacrosse. So you're working for like yep. these established organizations. Is it better to work under, like, would you create an organization and then offer those programs? Or can you just kind of go off and offer those independently? Is it, what would be like the dream for you for next steps, taking this coaching kind of side hustle to the next level? Yeah, it is nice working under some of these organizations. Um, Again, I do the Calvary Club. The guys that run that are big time high school and college coaches and guys that played really high level lacrosse. So again, while I am where I am, kind of resume building or whatever, I'm getting tied in with good organization and people that are really well connected in the sport and stuff like that. You know, I think that the dream is to just sounds dumb. It's just like to, to keep enjoying it. One, keep enjoying it and building on it and finding a way to coach more to a point where, you know, like anything else, there is a fine line. I, I don't ever want to get to a point where I feel like I'm just grinding coaching for paychecks or, or to pay my bills um, because that's not why I got into it. It's just, this has been an added benefit. You know, there's thoughts in my head. There's a lot of lucky to live in an area with a lot of competitive lacrosse. There's a lot of high school programs here that have really good lacrosse teams. There's a lot of good private schools that have really good lacrosse teams. There's a lot of colleges in the area that have really good lacrosse teams. I think it's one of these things where I don't know that I've thought about 
oh, is there a time frame and when do I want to do this and what's the dream look like? But again, it just keeps expanding every day. And I think that um, eventually I would love to run my own lacrosse club or again, partner with people and run my own lacrosse club or who knows, maybe the right opportunity comes along and I get a teaching certification and decide I'm going to teach and coach at a private school or coach at one of the good high school programs around. That's the other thing that's nice about it is there is some flexibility in it too, right? Yeah. There is some flexibility in different paths and like that. So no, yeah. yeah. You could teach real estate during the day and yeah, right? after a real yeah, estate course yeah. during the day and then yeah. real estate in the afternoon. For sure, Do you feel like there's sure. anything missing in the current programs that you see where you could come in and add value to what is currently out there that would be different coming in as like a younger, yeah, like well, a younger yeah. person that's coming into kind of an established. That's kind of the, um, it's just like real estate too. Although coaching real estate, there are, there are people, it's starting to get a little younger, I should say. And that's not being younger and, and just bringing kind of a new, fresh taste. I think a lot of programs, a lot of people, and I'm sure I'm the same way. It's really easy to kind of get stuck in your own ways. It's really easy to learn a process or a system that can become archaic pretty quick. I mean, I'll tell you, even in the last 10 years since I've graduated college, and and again, this is a, I could do a whole dissertation on this too, but lacrosse as a sport has completely changed. You know, the Mm -hmm. way it's played, kids are, first of all, it's expanded. It's much bigger nationally. Kids are more athletic. Kids are bigger. The positions have changed. Styles of coaching has changed, right? I mean, screaming at kids and being, uh, you know, the macho man is not always the preferred method of coaching anymore, where at one point that might have been. So I think a lot of it is just bringing your own ideas, bringing a fresh take on things, playing off your own experiences. That's a huge thing for me when I coach. Again, I played football my whole life. I played lacrosse my whole life. I played soccer for a long time. I always think back on which coaches I connected with, Mm -hmm. which type of response was good for me. And again, like I said before, every kid's a little different, right? So some kids, you know, you can push a little harder. Some kids, you know, you have to take a little softer tone. But I think, like you said in the question, it's just being younger, kind of coming up at a different time in the sport and kind of taking my own personal experience and, you know, going outward with it to tell other people what's worked for me and hasn't worked for me and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, from what I heard, I'm not in the town that you live in, but the, yeah. the kids love taking, having you teach lacrosse and yeah. do that. You're, yeah, yeah. you're very well regarded. So in that vein, do you have to market yourself at all? I mean, one of the questions I usually ask people yeah. your side hustle is like, how do you market your business or your brand, which you, your brand mm-hmm. is really you and yeah. like your coaching. So what do you do to market yourself? You have your established coaching gigs, but are yep. you pitching yourself to other coaching opportunities often? And if so, how do you do that? So I don't think I realized that I was at first. I don't think that that even crossed my mind, but I I think I look back and again, I think of where, where I started with it and and kind of where it's got to now. And and a lot of that is because I've been able to quote unquote market myself, right? Again, there's a nice parallel between real estate and clearly I market myself a lot as a real estate agent, but I'm, I'm a big believer in people want to see the personal side of me too that are going to be doing business with me as a real estate agent. So there's a lot of crossover. I'm, I'm constantly sharing the lacrosse club I do. They put out stuff. I'm sharing that lacrosse stuff and on my real estate page, you know, some people see that and say, hey, wait a minute. Okay, this guy's not just a real estate agent that wants to give me a bunch of information on how the market is. Oh, you person. do share that on your real estate page yeah, as well, I do. the yeah, kind of yeah, personalized. I, okay, got yep, it. I try, you know, sometimes better than others. 
Marketing, as you know, in itself, there's a lot of different avenues there. <laughs> do you um, use social media to offer your real estate business? And then I do. The- yeah. So, so for both, um, for both, I, you know, I try to, I mean, it sounds dumb, but like when I'm coaching, if I get a second, take my phone out, do a little Instagram story or something like that. You know, here I am coaching bright and sunny coaching, you know, this team at that team or whatever. Are you always kind of cross promoting yourself? Yes. Again, for Facebook, for Instagram. Those are the two I use the most. I have a personal account for both of those and I have a real estate business account for both of those too. And I link those accounts. Mm. So oftentimes what I post on one will automatically show up on the other one. Or if I post something on Instagram, it will automatically go to my Facebook, right? So it's different branches of people. Like for example, like I'm doing a private lesson tomorrow, which again, you know, having kids can be pretty lucrative. And that's something where I, I end up just picking up kids that want to do private lessons Sometimes it's literally word of mouth. Sometimes it's the lacrosse club that I'm coaching for. They'll send me a lead and say, hey, this mom reached out. Kid has a couple of weeks off from school. Do you want to do that? Sometimes, again, it's just in passing. I see someone that I know that I've coached before or something, and they'll just ask, hey, coach, I see you're doing private lessons. Is, is that something we can set up too? Where like in real estate, my marketing has been what you're taught is a way more strategic kind of regimented marketing strategy. The coaching thing, again, I don't think I ever thought about it and slowly I have realized that, yeah, you're constantly marking yourself there too. And it opens up all these different opportunities and stuff like that. So, yeah, Yeah, I think, and it sounds like it comes kind of organically, like you don't have to really force yourself because you've got these relationships. And obviously if you're well-respected, people like you, it kind of comes. And I think the reason why I wanted to talk to you is it's kind of interesting. It's this sort of, it's not like a standard side hustle per se, where you have like a branded business that you're pursuing, but I think what you do is really is interesting and can be appealing to a lot of people because I think one, you have your nine to five, that's your stable, but you also have this like passion that is a additional revenue stream that I think you've really smartly intertwined with your nine to five. And you've created this kind of like cross promotional benefit between the both, which is really smart because it is all about relationship building. And so I think you know, there's a lot to be learned from that for people that are listening who yep. might have a passion about your real estate business is that it probably makes it a little bit easier to fit in coaching maybe. Yeah. Most of the coaching I do is after your typical nine to five. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. the only coach. Most guys are not real estate agents, even though okay. it seems like people have gotten more flexible in the last two years for obvious reasons with work from home and everything. I think you kind of just, what you just said there kind of hit the nail on the head. I think the interesting thing for me is did start as a kind of a passion for the sport and an outlet. Um, You know, it was just kind of doing something different and it's morphed into, again, I do. People ask me what my profession is all the time. You know, I always mention that I'm a real estate agent and a lacrosse coach. And that's the big thing for me. It's nice. You know, and that's what I would say to anyone else that, first of all, there's probably a lot of people that don't realize that they have something already that they enjoy doing that they could turn into a side hustle. You know, and I think right. that's a big part of it. I don't think I realize that. And again, I, I've gotten big on kind of tracking and tracking the monetary part of it and all that. And it's fun because not that I'm bringing home mega bucks or anything, but it's nice to do something I enjoy doing that I look at as that outlet. You know, like I said to you before, I don't ever want to do it because it's just a, it's a way to collect more. Open yeah, paycheck, no, right? absolutely. But again, it's awesome. You know, you hear people say all the time that cliche, like, oh, I, I don't work a day in my life. You know, I, I love what I do so much. And the lacrosse side of it is kind of like that. So I think people who are listening, there's a lot to be learned from that. I, you know, there's people who played sports. It doesn't have to be sports. It could be something else, but to turn it into something that's a little more 
And the reason I think you're different is it's not just like you, I don't know, coach here and there and you're doing that. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it really is kind of like a formalized side hustle. That's really yep. kind of like half yep. of what you do. So I do think it's interesting to hear that. And yeah. obviously it sounds like it's just growing from there. So what would you yep. say to people who are interested in getting started, maybe doing something like what you started with, like what would be a tip that you would give people who are looking to kind of. I would say first thing is try to sit down and take some thought and recognize what your passions are, what you enjoy doing first and foremost, and then see what kind of opportunities there are with that or what you might already be doing. I think a lot of time, especially for this type of thing, it almost sounds dumb, but especially to start, don't overthink it, you know, get, get simple with it. Think of things that you know, hey, I'm really into some craft or I'm really into coaching or I'm really into music or whatever it is. Like, how can I use that? Where are the needs for that? I think the other thing too that I found with lacrosse is I don't think you realize, I realized at first, again, that there's a lot of people that have that need of needing lacrosse, a lacrosse coach and needing someone that knows the game, especially people that don't know the sport and stuff. So again, I would say, can I identify the things you like do some thought on, you know, again, what you might already be doing. And hey, if I'm already doing this, is there a way that I can kind of expand on what I'm doing? Or is there a way I can team up with some other people that I tend to hang out with and be around people that have similar interests to them too, right? So, and again, that's a big thing with me in lacrosse. I mean, I, I coach, I've made a lot of good friends coaching lacrosse. I also, a good friend of mine who I'm going to probably see in a little bit for St. Patrick's Day him and I coach all the time together. So again, it's been kind of a nice thing like that. It's kind of built our relationship, not only as friends, but also having this kind of side thing too. I would say a lot of it is just kind of self-reflection and kind of figuring out what it is you like and going from there. Cool. Those are great tips. And in terms of like in the next three to five years, would you see yourself doing like owning a club? Do you see yourself, you know, more like being a more of a leader and more than you are yeah. a leader in your, what, what do you see your, for your, I would love to be, you know, again, owning a club would be awesome in the next five years. Or a lot of these clubs have like ownership groups too, where maybe again, maybe it's teaming up with another couple people and, you know, splitting equity a certain way or whatever it is. And the club thing is really cool it is because it's the all encompassing club. Right. And in that club, again, you have teams, so specific age group teams, you have clinics, you have summer camps. So there's all these different opportunities within that club. So yeah, next three to five years, that'd be awesome. Again, you know, I have some pride for where I'm from and everything in this area. Uh, it would be cool to coach at an even a higher level. Again, not that that's going to pay my bills full time or anything like that, but it'd be awesome again to coach, coach a varsity lacrosse team in the area or again, coach a prep school or something like that, or even be on the, just to be on the coaching staff of one of those teams, being a defensive coordinator or something like that. So yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to talk to me. And then lastly, I just want to end with where the details are, where people can find and follow you on social media. So let us know. Yeah. All right. So my name is, so on Facebook, you could find me. It's, it's Michael Perry Andre. That's Michael spelled pretty normally. Perry Andrew, which is P-I-E-R-A-N-D-R-I. My real estate account, if you're interested, is Mike Perry Andrew 203. My personal account for Instagram is Mikey, M-I-K-E-Y, Moose, M-O-O-S-E 43. Nice. And my <laughs> real estate is Mike P Real Estate 
203. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.